I'm Alec. And I'm Zach. And And you're listening listening to A to Z Discussions. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we'll be talking about The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. No spoilers. But before we get into that, Zach, how have you been? I've been pretty swell, my friend. Uh, Let's see, it's been a little bit since we've done the podcast, but not a whole lot has happened. Uh, Two weekends ago, my sister came up and visited, so that was nice. Cool. We uh, played some mini golf. We did some hikes. And it was like a good little visit with her before she went off to Scotland. That's where she is right now on a study abroad trip. Oh, nice. Hope she's having a good time. Uh, Sounds like they've been doing a lot of pub crawling and all that. You know, really, really living the true Scottish life up there. Studying. I think they even took a bagpipe class uh, yesterday. So I'll have to call her and ask her how that went. That's impressive. But yeah, exciting stuff for her. Uh, And then this last weekend, Kaylin and I went to Lowe's and got some power tools, which I did not have any of. Uh, So we're kind of, you know, still taking baby steps into becoming true, true homeowners. And I guess this was another one of those steps. So now I have a table saw, I have like a power drill, I have a power sander, all the good stuff. And we've been doing some home renovations with that. So we replaced like a shelf in the utility room. Uh, We stained this little backdrop for our guest room bed. Uh, Kaylin's been painting the doors and installing like new door handles to all of the doors in our house. So a lot of cool updates. Uh, Whenever you put them all together, it actually makes a pretty decent difference in the house. Mm So that's it's been a lot of work, but it's been exciting to see like the finished product after all of it. So that's awesome, man. Yeah, fun stuff. Homeowners, man. You're a homeowner. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, man. Um, I think you were one of my first friends to like own a home in my my <laughs> immediate circle. So it's pretty cool. Uh, nice. Good for you. I can't wait to go see it. I'm definitely gonna. We need to plan something because I'm definitely free because I just finished my uh, you know first year of teaching and um, that was pretty awesome. And now I have about two and a half months ish of summer mm-hmm. vacation, or more like one and a half months because middle of July is when we start marching band stuff again. But um yeah have some free time so i'm definitely going to come up to see your house sometime in yeah. early july or late june if you have oh, time. awesome yeah we'd love to have you and the guest room is fully renovated oh yeah so. with new doorknobs and everything oh yeah <laughs> all the stuff you care about i'm sure yes <laughs> I'll, I'll, well i wouldn't know otherwise right i haven't seen the old door exactly um yeah that's really awesome um but other than that um <laughs> so I got a lot of like gifts from students and some parents and stuff, um, mostly Visa gift cards and some stuff, but I ended up getting a, a, a racing wheel and <laughs> I know it sounds funny, but, uh, I've been eyeballing like sim racing stuff for oh, quite a while and I just didn't have the funds to just drop a couple hundred dollars on a, you know, force feedback wheel. Um, mm-hmm. but I had, they got some money saved up. So I was like, you know what, whatever, I'm going to, do this for the summer because something i wanted to do and i've been having a blast man like i didn't realize how much fun i knew it was gonna be fun because i knew it was like gonna be into it because i kind of already like was thinking about it but right. now that i'm like playing like gran turismo and like fours of five and just like experimenting with different driving games and racing games like it feels feels pretty good like if you've ever, nice. if you've ever come over and try it like it's pretty interesting um it doesn't like it doesn't feel like an arcade racing you know like some games are, are arcade racers but like something like gran turismo we're like 
the way that you're accelerating, the way you're braking, the way you're shifting your gears, like all of that matters. And so like, it's pretty dynamic, like playing the game. You can't just like, you know, floor it and then you'll just hit the wall or whatever. And it's really annoying. So you have to really have to be strategic about how you're driving. So and it makes it fun. Um, so you gotta, you gotta try, you gotta try. Yeah. Um, I was curious too, like how, so whenever you say like shifting gears, is there like a gear shift on the uh, steering wheel? Like it would be if you were actually racing. Yeah. So I have paddle shifters on mine. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I can buy the attachment that has like the real gear shifter thing with the clutch and everything. Um, Dang. but, uh, that was like an extra 50 bucks. So I didn't buy that, but it has the paddle shifters that I use to shift up and down. Nice. That's pretty cool. And that's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, enough of that. Um, I already beat Zelda Tears of the Kingdoms. So that's why I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go into, uh, the sim racing thing. Cause I have some more time. Um, but I bought this game at launch, right? I waited um until like it unlocked around midnight or whatever 11 30 um and i played i think i have like 60 or 70 hours in the game already <laughs> Dang. um but i was playing kind of non-stop since the, since the game had come out and i'm still kind of going through it um but uh yeah the way that like it starts like in terms of like our early impressions um this is gonna be no spoiler review and i, I promised that earlier but um the very beginning of the game it like just pulls you in immediately. Um, and I don't think I've seen a, like a Nintendo game do something like that. Like ever. Like normally you get like the title screen launch, you press start and you press new game or whatever and you start the game. But this game doesn't do that. It like puts you right into the action immediately with this like cinematic cutscene, And then it like morphs you into the game. Like it's all in engine and everything. Um, I thought that was pretty awesome because it, it just felt like a really smooth transition. And it was like, oh my, oh wait. I'm I'm playing the game right now. Like I thought it was just going to be a, like yeah. a long cutscene. It honestly kind of caught me off guard mm-hmm. a little bit because you usually expect whenever you start the game up to have like little intro title sequence, whatever, then you press start new file or something like that. Uh, so I was fully ready to skip whatever that first cutscene was going to be because that's normally what I do. Mm-hmm. Usually if it's something like truly important, you're going to witness it whenever you start the game, right? So I was like, ah, I don't know what this is. But then, you know, you start to get control of Link and then you're moving around. You're like, oh, wow, this is the beginning of the game. Like you you get no pomp and circumstance. Mm-hmm. You're just right in there. So yeah, that was really awesome. Um, and you, you don't even see the title card until like maybe mm-hmm. 30 to 40 minutes of playing the playing the game, watching the cutscenes, depending on how fast you're going. Um, and that was all like super cool. Um, I like how they do like the Metroidvania thing where they just like zap all your hearts away or whatever at the beginning of the game. <laughs> um, you start like maxed out. Um, just like if you were to play to breath of the wild all the way through or whatever. Um, and it takes all your hearts away. Um, and it, and playing through the game, it's like kind of, kind of gritty, you know, like the first thing you see is like a zombie Ganon. Right? <laughs> right. Um, and I'm trying to think like, this is not really that much. I mean, it's a kid's game for sure, but it's it's way darker than Breath of the Wild. There's some goofy elements, but the more that you play through the game and some of the stuff that you see, um, like, uh, I, I don't know how far you are, and I don't want to spoil anything, but there's definitely things in the game that are like, that's scary, and I don't want to deal with it right now. Or like, oh, what is that enemy? I've never seen it before. Like, what's that on the horizon? That's kind of, that's crazy. I'm not going to deal with that right now, because I don't think I'm oh, yeah, <laughs> kind of powerful definitely. enough, you know? Um, and that, all that stuff is really exciting. I don't remember getting that kind of feeling when I was playing Breath of the Wild in terms of, like, the danger of the world. No, yeah, I, I felt the same way. It was a whole lot more dark and gritty from the get-go. And uh, even, you know, you talked about, like, enemies that you encounter. Uh, the Gibdos, for one, stood out to me. It kind of mm-hmm. reminded me of, like, I can't remember the name of the old zombies slash mummies that you face in, like, the Wind Waker and Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. But uh, <clears throat> it kind of reminded me of that. And what else? The, for the Blood Moon, too, 
uh, you know, there was like that whole sequence in the first game, which was intimidating, but not quite as ominous mm-hmm. as it was in this game. Like you have Zelda narrating this time, but she's like dead serious. And she's like, the souls of the dead are rising again. You know, it's not like, be careful, Link, like it was in Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. It's more of a, you know, this is a serious occurrence. And also, I mean, I don't know if I should spoil this, but uh, there's a, you know, how the big bads were the guardians, right? Yeah. Breath of the Wild. That was like the enemy that you didn't want to face right off the bat because they would one shot you. They were just really tough. But the big bad that happens in this game that you fight, it, it happens like randomly too. It's like those hands that come out of the ground mm-hmm. and all of a sudden like the sky will go dark. Like you hear this really ominous music and the hands just, they like rush at you. And the scary thing is that it's very hard to get away from them too. <clears throat> like if you were to fight a guardian at the beginning of Breath of the Wild, you would have had to go seek them out. And there's usually a way that you could run away and get away from them and not get one shot and die. Mm-hmm. But with the hands, you're basically in like a fight for your life. They'll appear just right in front of you and you just have to run and hope that they won't grab you. And when they do, they like take your heart away permanently for that duration when you're fighting them, which is also really intimidating. So yeah, a lot of darker elements in this game. Yeah, it really is terrifying. Um, And uh, like I've noticed, like there's a bunch of people who are buying and playing this game that you know don't really buy games very often or like they don't play games very often they're like oh this seems like a game that i'd be interested in or whatever and some of my friend group that doesn't play games is you know they have a switch and they play casual games but then like they're like oh the new zelda game's out so they're buying this game um and i haven't really heard their comments yet on like experiencing that you know like some of the 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 massive dangers in the world where you have to be strategic and use your full arsenal of the game mechanics to defeat them um so like you're understanding the game has to be kind of at at a at a high point but that being said i pretty much did the main story without having to worry about them that often i think i encountered Mm -hmm. them like twice getting to credits the first time so it wasn't like like you could you could pretty much avoid them all the way through if if you wanted to if you just wanted to fight all the main bosses and get to the credits um Mm -hmm. but they're there and if you want some of the better rewards you're gonna have to get kind of get through them um but yeah those hands the gloom, what they call the gloom hands or something something like that yeah, yeah they're terrifying mm-hmm. um and one of the things that they were you know prefacing a lot of and honestly i haven't really experienced a lot of it i don't know how much you have but the sky islands mm-hmm. um and like kind of what they what they give to the game for me so far um i've been spending more time like on the ground level and then like that underground level the depths area or whatever um, I've been spending more of my time in those two areas and I really haven't seen too much of the sky islands. And every time I get up there, they're, they're pretty like sparse. Like, um, I only ever land on one and there's like maybe a shrine or there's maybe a, like a chest on something, but I, I don't know if there's more to them just yet. I don't know if you've experienced anything else. Yeah. So, you know, you obviously start the game in that giant's, uh, sky archipelago and, I was given the impression from that there was going to be like a whole lot in the sky, like basically another map entirely yeah. out there. Uh, and then I, I did find pretty quickly, like kind of what you were saying, that the sky islands are pretty sparse. I've done a lot of exploring. I didn't really even start the main story until probably 20 hours in. Then I was like, okay, I guess I should see, you know, what's going on in Hyrule right now mm-hmm. instead of just running around looking for shrines. <laughs> uh, so I have, I've gone basically throughout the entirety of the sky 
And it is, it is pretty sparse. There's every now and then you'll have like a, a formation that's like stuck together. There'll be like this flux construct that you can fight kind of like a boss enemy. Mm -hmm. And then next to it, there's like a shrine you can unlock if you fight him and then bring the rock back to unlock the shrine. There are some where you can do like dives through the clouds. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you have to like get a, a certain time, a certain record in order to get rewards for how fast you dive down from like one island to the other through these obstacles. There's like three different scenarios where you do that. There's these floating spheres. I call them death stars <laughs> that if you go in, there's like a shrine inside and they're floating. I think I've only seen like two or three populated throughout the sky, but they're ever, they're there every now and then. And I don't know if you've encountered this uh, yet, but there's like these star shaped formations too up there. They're like kind of more polished rock formations. And if you go in, uh, there's like this ancient Hylian text and you try to read it and it says you cannot read the ancient Hylian text and then you have to like leave the island. So I'm betting that stuff is like end game or maybe like post game mm -hmm. type things. Uh, so I haven't done a whole lot with that. But other than those few things, yeah, there's not a whole lot to experience up there in the sky, which I don't know if it was necessarily disappointing because uh, the stuff that is up there is fun. I just got a different impression based on the start of the game of what to expect. And also based on the trailers that I'd watched too. Yeah. It seemed like they were having a lot of emphasis in the sky and that the first archipelago mm -hmm. that you go to, it's pretty big. Um, and it kind of does make you think like maybe there's one giant sky Island on every section of the map or something. Right. Right. Um, but that definitely was not the case. Um, and there was, there was more or less on any of like the, little towers you unlock along the way. Um, but I haven't experienced like the death star stuff. Like you said, I haven't even seen that. <laughs> um, I definitely done the like little hoop thing where you fall down and you can get some of the, some special armor doing that. Um, mm -hmm. but that's about it. I haven't even fought one of the constructs, the flux constructs yet. I've seen them, but I haven't engaged in a, in a battle with them. Um, most of my playthrough right now is just going through finding shrines, getting Koroks and, um, uh, completing a couple of the side quests right now. Um, mm. which has just been most of my gameplay, but, um, I, I think the, the, I wouldn't say disappointment necessarily the sky islands, but like the, the lack of like as much of a map there was kind of gets made up for, for like the depths. And I don't know how much you've experienced the depths, but it's, it's the quest line starts pretty, pretty early in the game to like, just see what's under there. Um, but the first time I saw it, I was like, I, I didn't know what to expect because none of the trailers or anything even talked about the underground areas at all but you go pretty deep underground hyrule and like the music changes and everything's crazy there's like all this like red gloom stuff and all the enemies are like covered in like the evil aura or whatever and like there's a lot to do down there in terms of like the story and um uh just like places to unlock kind of like the shrines little fast travel points and stuff um wh mm -hmm. what's, what's your experience with the depth so far so I've kind of only scratched the surface of the depths and funny enough, I didn't go down for the first time during the Impa quest when I guess you're supposed to be like introduced to it. Mm -hmm. uh, or was it the Impa quest? It's I think a, it was the old it's man a actually Paya. from Lookout Landing. Yeah, a Paya or whatever it is yeah. quest. But anyway, yeah, the first time I ever went down there, I had uh, done one of the Skyview Towers and I was just, you know, falling through the sky trying to find like a new waypoint to explore. And I knew that there were chasms. I had seen them before, but they look very intimidating from the surface. And you're like, wow, that's a long way down. I don't even know if I should be going down there. <laughs> that were that was my thoughts at first. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I feel like I would just die if I if I jumped. How down. do I get up? So 
yeah, I didn't, I didn't chance it, but for whatever reason, I was falling to the sky and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this out. So I just dove straight down into one of the chasms and I was surprised how far down you go. Like I dove for a very long time and all of a sudden you hear like this blast of music. It sounds like a train horn as you get like closer to the subsurface of the depths mm -hmm. and not going to lie. The first time that I dove in, I just straight up like face planted and died. Like I wasn't expecting there to be ground at all. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was after that, I was like, okay, I'm not going back down there. So uh, <laughs> I basically did wait until the uh, Paya quest where they introduced you to going down there and exploring a little bit. And then I kind of learned, you know, with the, I think they're called bright blooms, right? The seeds, something like that. Yeah. The, the ones that blooms. you throw and they will, yeah. The ones that you throw, you can collect them and then they'll like light up the way so that you can explore more of the depths. Uh, I kind of, you know, learned through that introduction that that's what you're supposed to do to be able to traverse. And, uh, then you get, I guess they're like connected to shrines at the top or something, mm -hmm. but, uh, those like glowing auras that you see in the depths and whenever you, uh, interact with them, they light up like a huge area. I started traversing more through that, but I think I've only gotten like five or six of those things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've barely scratched the surface. Yeah. Um, and what I like to, especially about the depths, um, or most most of the whole game. So you you've said that you've done, you know, two of the the main story progression markers or whatever. That's what I'm gonna call it. Right, right. Um, and what I like about it is, I thought most of the game will try to like put you into the sky as much as possible or whatever, and like every single thing you're gonna do is gonna have to do with the sky. <laughs> um, but there's a good amount of um uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for um it's pretty even all the way through in terms of where you're going across hyrule like some of yeah. the story will take you into the sky some of the story will take you into the depths and some of the story will keep you at hyrule um so like all of the game makes you the main story to get to the credits makes you go through all of the levels of the game and you have to explore them to some extent um mm -hmm. so it's kind of cool that nothing's like super hidden from you um and what's also really great about the game is almost like Breath of the Wild, like you could technically get go to the last boss and like fight them and then finish the game out and everything. Right. Um, but other things you can like stumble upon. Um, and I don't know if this is a might be a light spoiler, but um, the like you can you can obtain the Master Sword whenever um, the game will eventually tell you where to get it. But what's cool about the game is if you start the game and you're just doing whatever. Like you could stumble across the master sword and you could stumble across getting it um, and you could be ready to grab it or not, um, depending on where you're mm -hmm. at in the game without progressing the main storyline. I mean, the game will tell you eventually, like you can get it. Of course, you can get it. It's a Zelda game, but you could technically stumble upon it whenever you whenever wherever you are in your playthrough. And the whole game is like that, where like anything in the main story is obtainable earlier or later um and same thing with quest lines so some characters will give you a quest line and you can go achieve it or you could just be running around the world and you could be seeing that there's something happening at a certain place and you could resolve the conflict and then the character that would have given you the the quest lines like oh you've solved the conflict or whatever here's the reward um they'll give it to you right then and there so it's kind of funny how you can the way that you play the game will change your character interactions with people or whatever and new dialogue will actually pop up depending on um if you've achieved something earlier or sooner I think it's really, really cool. Yeah, I've had that happen to me a couple times already where they're like, oh, you already talked to him. I see. Well, then you know what's going on and mm -hmm. something like that. And uh, I know that 
Nintendo knew that people loved the freedom from Breath of the Wild, and I'm glad that they expanded upon it here in Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, there's just so much to do. Honestly, I didn't really have this issue too much with Breath of the Wild because I feel like there was less in the world, even though it was a you know monstrous world. Uh, but in Tears of the Kingdom, I find myself getting distracted so easily. Like I'll be on my way to, you know, solve this side quest, whatever. Then I see like a Korok on the side and he's like, oh, I need to get to my friend. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll help him. And And there's like some enemies nearby with like a fortress. I'm like, okay, you know, I'll wipe these guys out and then get back to what I was doing. And then I find like a Skyview Tower. I'm like, okay, I'll I'll unlock this, but then I'll get back to what I was doing. And then by the time all of that's done, I forgot what I was even doing in the first place. And I just move on to something else. (laughs) Yeah, That's happened to me several, several times. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice. Like you said, breath of the wild, the game wasn't necessarily that empty. Um, but this one feels, it feels like 10 years or whatever has passed. Like it's supposed to, like there's people rebuilding, there's people walking around. Yep. Like if it's raining, people are running under shelter and everything. Like it feels a little bit more organic, but there's stuff to do. Like every few seconds, so you'll be flying around and like, you see something you want to go to it and check it out just to see what's going on. And it ends up leaving you, leading you into a rabbit hole of a whole quest line or you unlock something or whatever, um, which Breath of the Wild kind of did, but this one definitely does it like way, 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 way more. Well, mm-hmm. does a lot. Um, <laughs> way more. Way more. Um, so it is pretty, pretty um, engaging in that aspect. Um, and what I like too is that they could have done like an easy thing, like and gave you the same abilities and power ups, and even kept the Sheikah Slater or whatever from the last game, so you had the same abilities. But instead of like giving you the same stuff, they put you in an uncomfortable position where they just give you brand new ways to explore the world with the uh, with Raru's armor or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes you think about the game a whole lot differently. Like I hundred percented Breath of the Wild, all Koroks, all shrines, all quests. Like I, that's what I did. Um, and so with this game, like I had a lot of muscle memory of like how to traverse the world, and I had to think about things significantly differently um with all the new power-ups like the one that lets you like ascend into the walls right oh yeah like that one's pretty cool but i kept forgetting that i had it i was like trying to climb uh-huh. stuff and then i found the <laughs> ways that like okay if i if i walk just a, this close to the wall then i'm just enough to get the green thing to go up the wall like um i was doing that a lot more often um to traverse higher instead of like using like Revali's gale or whatever from the last game and like wishing i had stuff like that so the game like really makes you think about the way that you're traversing the world and exploring it with all the new power-ups. It certainly does. And honestly, there was a bit of a learning curve with the new power-ups too. Uh, at first, I was kind of complaining to Kaylin about how long the opening section was in the Sky Archipelago, but I think it was good that it was so long and, and kind of slow because it gets you used to using the, the new mechanics mm-hmm. and becoming comfortable with them. Because it took me a good five to ten hours to actually become comfortable with everything. Uh, especially getting the mechanics of, you know, assembling things, attaching things, rotating them in certain ways. At first, that really frustrated me, but it kind of becomes second nature after a while. And then you're just Mm -hmm. doing it left and right, you know. Uh, And I definitely had the same issue with Ascend, too. (laughs) There were plenty of times where I was, like, going at things the hard way. Then I remembered, wait, I could have literally just ascended through this and I would have been done with it in, like, one second. Yes. You know, this is very frustrating. Uh, But once you realize that Ascend is such a broken mechanic, honestly, like... I guess it's not broken now because of the way that Tears of the Kingdom is set up, but just think about if it was in Breath of the Wild. I mean, it would have been so crazy. Uh, And I'm glad that we have it for this game 
because it, it that and ultra hand open up so many creative ways for you to do shrines and just complete quests and explore the world yeah i know there's already you know probably a dozen shrines that i've done in a way that the developers probably didn't intend whenever they like streamlined the process of creating the shrine mm -hmm. but i think that that's kind of what they expect and that's the beauty of this game yeah. there's so many ways to do things uh you know you look back at zelda 10 years in the past and how linear it was <clears throat> now it's like the most unlinear game ever and people love it for that i mean it's it's just really a joy to behold yeah and it's something you're not really seeing a lot with open world games right now where there's like quest markers everywhere you go and like on the map it tells you exactly where you need to go like all that stuff's super annoying and like in this game like it gives you like the area like of interest that you need to kind of get to well, once you get there, you kind of have to figure out where you're going. But even on your way there, there's not like a like a pointer on the map that says go this way. You have to like constantly check your map, to make sure you're going the right direction or right, the, right. or put the pointer on the thing. And you have to use the the Pura pad to like zoom into it to even see the little light that you, that you put there. So like the game really discourages you to like from using the map really just to like kind of view your surroundings. And it goes back into like since you're looking at your surroundings more often to get to your location, you're, you're, you're seeing more points of interest that you go and explore and you're spending more time in the game that way. Um, yeah. And I, I love that it does that. Mm -hmm. I remember in other open world world games, I was annoyed uh, and like always trying to get to points, waypoints as fast as I could. Like I always had in some games they have like you, what you were talking about, like a marker where they'll have like dots on the ground that you kind of follow to mm -hmm. your next waypoint. Uh, but the fact that it is so open in breath of the wild and it, it discourages you from checking your map. I don't even find that as an annoyance at all. Like I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel I feel the same way. Um, and in fact, I feel like having those way markers and like little dots on the ground or whatever is way more distracting and really annoying. <laughs> um, yeah. And since they're there, like I use them, right? I'm not and turning them off makes the game annoying sometimes. Like if it's like a regular open world game that does that to you. Um. So yeah, I really also like the. But there's there's those way markers aren't really there. Um, but just even on top of that, like the the Zonai artifacts that they give you in the game, um, and they use that like slot machine thing or whatever, or the ball machine that you put the Zonai things and you can uh drop a bunch of random Zonai artifacts and that uh go into your inventory. Those um like You've already seen, I'm sure everybody listening has already seen the the crazy contraptions people have made with the Zonai artifacts, right? Um, insane stuff. It, yes, really insane stuff. And the, the more that the game has been out, like the more like uh, creative some of the stuff has been. And I've yet to make anything nearly that creative. And in fact, like my first like going through the game, I didn't really make anything crazier than like like a, a plank of wood with wheels on it, you know, <laughs> um, just to get me to where I need to go quicker or whatever. Um, but really the the options are endless with the ultra hand and fusing things together and gluing them all together and making whatever you want um and there's ways to get a lot of the zonai artifacts and then eventually get a, a an ability called auto build um which you can make anything that you've ever made um as long as you have enough like zonite crystals or whatever um mm -hmm. you can just make stuff out of thin air uh which is super cool um and lets you do literally like whatever whatever you want uh, but I haven't really got to try as much of it because I'm really bad at all of it. And I guess eventually I'm, I'm just going to like watch YouTube tutorials on how to make a fighter jet or something. And then 
<laughs> do that and then have them. I mean, auto-build. it's insane. Pe- people are making like fully automated tanks that are just mowing down enemies left and right. And I mean, you, you've probably also seen the videos of people like crucifying the Korhawks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. There's like <laughs> multiple different sides to the stuff that people are making. Yeah. Uh, there was one shrine in particular that I did like. Maybe you've done it already too, uh, but it like encourages you to use these automated vehicles and then like attach weapons to the side to mm-hmm. basically just mow down uh, these constructs that are in the shrine. Mm-hmm. Like the goal is to kill all the constructs, but it gives you access to like three different customizable vehicles where you can just mount your weapons and <laughs> destroy them in any yeah. way you please. I thought that was cool. Yeah, um, and it's funny how like the shrines do that. They're just. They're just like super fun mini game tutorials without telling mm. you that they're mini game tutorials, right? <laughs> um, it's like when there's a new Zonai artifact that you may or may not have seen yet, the the shrine makes you use it in a in a very specific way so that you learn how to like, oh, I can do this with this uh, um stuff. Um, and like some of them I didn't even realize. Like I, I found those like little like what's it called the I don't know if you've seen them yet, but they're like the little like little doll things that like bounce back up to the position that they're supposed to be in. You know what I'm talking about? Those are like the toy that I'm describing is like, they're like usually like a, like a clown. You can like punch it and it would come back to you. You know what I'm talking about? Oh no, I haven't, I haven't encountered that yet. Yeah. But you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like the toy, right? It's yeah, like, I know you're talking it's like, a, like it's like weighted and it just comes back. Yeah. 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 There's a Zonai artifact that does that. And so when you activate it, it like goes back to position and then there's a whole like, um, there's a whole shrine that teaches you how to use them. Um, but I didn't even know what they were for until I got to that shrine. I'm like, oh, even in the shrine, it took me like a long time to figure out what that did. I was like trying to solve it in a really, 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 really stupid way. Um, yeah, it could be possible that I've encountered that too. And it's one thing that I don't know how it works yeah. either. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, like the game makes you think there's only like, I don't know, one or two, maybe 10 different Zonai artifacts that you can use throughout the game. But there's like a bunch. I'm like finding new ones all the time. Like, wait, what do I like there's a spring wait there's that little doll oh, thing yeah. wait there's like a, a like laser beam thing like i'm like where lightning rod stuff like what is all this stuff i don't even know what use cases half of them have yet <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's one of the incentives too of visiting the sky isles because mm-hmm. it's usually in the sky isles that you will find those slot machines that disperse mm-hmm. the balls that you get the zonite artifacts in and yeah i mean i'm i'm 40 plus hours in and i'm still finding new slot machines that give me items i haven't even gotten before yeah it's always exciting to see that mystery 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 pop up and then you mm-hmm. look at it and you're like oh cool like another tool i can use in my arsenal yeah and especially with all those uh all those duplication glitches too have you seen those <laughs> i've seen them i've seen the ones that have been patched and then patched again kaylin has been trying to teach me them because i've found quite a few diamonds and we wanted to make money with those but i haven't successfully pulled off one of them yet <laughs> really they're not even hard the, my favorite one right now because i haven't updated my game um is you jump you use your glider um, and then you just simply press hold on all of the on an item you want. You press hold on all five, right? And then you press B and Y at the same time. You just tap it, and then I click pause immediately after I tap it. You don't have to press pause immediately after you tap it, but if you do that, you can just cycle through it again. So I press B, Y at the same time, press pause. Um, what happens is you dropped what you had in your hand, but your inventory screen like resorts and it glitches the game so that it had the same amount that you had before you dropped all your items. <laughs> so then you can just yeah, hold yeah. five more drop sort press pause again and keep doing that. And you can just drop up like a whole bunch of diamonds on the ground. 
it sounds that sounds a lot easier than what I was trying to do, but it seems like they all kind of revolve around dropping something and then having the, a duplicate of it in mm-hmm. your inventory so that you can just pick up more. But the one that I was trying to do involved like three bows and like attaching diamonds to like the first bow. Like you had to prep an arrow with your bow, attach a diamond to it, and then go to your pause menu, cycle through, like drop your bow, and then while you're dropping it, pause again, grab another bow. And then while you're dropping that second bow, pause again and pick up a third bow or something. Yeah. And then it would duplicate whatever item the first bow had on the arrow, which yeah. was like way too complex of a process and I couldn't get it down. So I need to try some of the newer ones. Yeah. Um, I was using that one for a while, but that was only giving me like one per cycle. Yeah. And it was very slow too. Yeah. Uh, but it's funny how like the game is like that. Um, it's, it's stupid. They're patching this stuff in a single player game, like stuff like Skyrim that have really dumb glitches. Like that makes the game fun. Um, yeah like i should be able to do yeah i should be able to do whatever i want like whatever you you have a broken game let me let me mess with the game mechanics who cares um but but yeah like all all of the little glitches and stuff are kind of kind of funny and fun um but moving on ahead a little bit uh the the new characters in the game there's not really too much the only main ones are like the the is that is that spoilers that's considered spoilers (laughs) uh the main the, the the old king of hyrule i said his name once already in the podcast because you get his arm i mean he's basically introduced to you yeah, at the yeah. Very yeah. raru the whatever yeah come and talk about. um i won't talk about his wife though <laughs> <laughs> i mean who does he have a wife who knows um uh, but yeah like those two new characters um and then all the ones that you meet going through like the main story progression um yeah i'm trying to like say this without Giving giving too much away here, but that's all that's all that's all I'm gonna say. There's new characters in the game, and they're all they're all pretty interesting, and you have to meet all of them eventually. Um, uh-huh. And you've seen them for like the main checkpoints of the main story, or whatever, because it gives you like this ginormous cutscene. Um, but one one thing I do want to mention is the the geoglyphs or whatever geoglyphs. Is that how you say it? Geo geoglyphs geoglyphs geoglyph geoglyph. Um, well, Impa from the old game, she's investigating these things. You'll start to see them on, around the world. Like once you drop into Hyrule the first time, you're like, "What are these ginormous markings on the ground? Almost look like uh, like some alien um, crop circle stuff, right?" Yeah, like the Nazca lines or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you go investigate them, and investigating them gives you like the main, uh, like the memory system from the last game, where like you saw like all the old memories or something, right? And um, this gives you all of the plot relevance. So what's interesting is you could play the whole game, not knowing anything of what's going on and then beat it kind of like in the old game where like link could pretty much not have any of his memories and he could still like defeat calamity Ganon or whatever. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but having like these memories from the past or whatever um, brings context to what's going on in the world. Um, and you can choose to partake on it or not, but I didn't. So like I was finding stuff out, from the story like as i was progressing the main campaign or whatever and then so i was like like some plot twisty stuff i'm like what what like that happened to me a lot but if you Mm -hmm. do all the geoliths first i i wonder how your experience would be because you you may or may not you don't you may or may not do them in order right like you might go to one that's from like a little bit later um and then you know what's from like if you watch them out of context they like kind of don't make sense or you'll see something before you like should have saw it out of context i don't know um i don't know how far you are with all that but i'll ask you after the podcast so we can avoid some spoilers but um 
yeah, they give, they give, they give a lot away. And so like, uh, for me now I'm like seeing it now. I, I already know like what happens in the story, but if I had gone through the GLF quest first, I wonder what, how my experience would be at the end of the game. I don't know if I'd be more or less satisfied. Uh, but, yeah. You know, I mean, it's cool that the geoglyphs are plot relevant this time, like super plot relevant for the story, because in Breath of the Wild, I really didn't have any motivation to collect the memories like Link's memories with Zelda. And even post game, I didn't collect them. I maybe found one or two. And I was just like, yeah, these don't seem super relevant. They're just like candy that you gain, you know, <laughs> you know yeah. you're picking up little bits of candy just to know more about Link and Zelda in the past doesn't really, you know, pose much relevance to the story because honestly there wasn't a whole lot of story in Breath of the Wild. Uh, but compared to that, you know, Tears of the Kingdom has more deep content there. And I do, I'm curious about what happened, especially because it's relating to Ganondorf specifically. I don't know if that's like a extreme spoiler, but you know, this is a villain that we're more familiar with instead of the calamity Ganon essence, whatever that you were fighting in Breath yeah. of the Wild. So that kind of made me motivated to go collect all of the geoglyphs before the end of the game. So, yeah, I mean, if I do that and, you know, progress the story after, I guess I can we can talk again later about how that goes for both of us. You know, the parallels and the way that we played the game. Yeah. But that's probably the route that I'm going to end up taking. Yeah. Uh, um, and this is sort of a spoiler, too, but not really. Um, if you collect all the memories, there's like an extra ending after the credits. Like there's like an extra uh, which Breath of the Wild did the same thing. If you had all the memories, you you got like the conclusive ending or whatever. Um, so I didn't get that conclusive ending yet. And I just watched it on YouTube. <laughs> um, nice. But because it's only like, what, 30 more seconds of cutscene time. And it doesn't it concludes stuff, but doesn't like do anything crazy. Um, but yeah, so you'll have the full experience once you have all the memories unlocked and then you go beat the last boss or whatever. And then you'll see the thing. I will tell you, man, right. that that whole last battle was like the most epic thing I think I've played in a video game in the last two years. Dang. It was pretty cool. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy because I'm 40 something hours in. I've, I'm, I guess, halfway through the main quest and mm -hmm. I still don't really know what to expect for the last boss battle. Even after like watching five of the memories, too. Yeah. I imagine it's going to have something to do with Ganon, right? But mm -hmm. I don't know where it's going to take place. I don't know what's going to go down. So it's really exciting kind of that after that many hours, I'm still relatively in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I'm really glad I played this game without any spoilers because then seeing mm. that whole ending and like how the game works and like once you understand the memories and everything, you're like, oh, my gosh, um, that whole the whole conclusive battle feels really rewarding. Uh, the only thing I will say for everybody listening who hasn't got there yet, like I wouldn't worry so much about how prepared or not you are. <laughs> if you were getting close, I mean, it may or may not be a difficult time for you, but um, I just made sure that I had like a decent amount of hearts um, mm. and like my stamina was relatively high um to go into it but i was so caught up with like am i even like kind of prepared for this yes yet because some of the bosses like really kicked my butt um and i had to like try them a couple times before i was able to defeat them so I'm like is this one gonna be like oh, the hardest that i've experienced um and it really wasn't it was probably one of the easier bosses um but like i wouldn't say it's one of the easier bosses again it's total lie um because you have to use the whole all your game mechanics to defeat it but um the the process is really epic um and really rewarding so um so yeah he's like I, I wouldn't worry about your preparation of battle right i mean you need some preparation items but like i don't like don't be afraid of it that's what i was that's my advice because i was like afraid nice. i was like i don't know what to expect i don't like i don't want to go there and then be like oh i'm gonna die blah 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 like 
I think that was a fair worry because this game, honestly, I feel like the difficulty fighting enemies is a lot higher yeah. than in Breath of the Wild. I've been one shot like double yes. the amount of times that I ever yes. got one shot in Breath of the Wild and I haven't even played as many hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can get kind of frustrating, but it's also more satisfying when you do finally beat those enemies. Yeah. Just like Monster Hunter. <laughs> Just like Monster Hunter. Um, there's some Monster Hunter-esque battles in this game too. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, dude, upgrade your armor. That's like the biggest thing. Even though they make getting armor upgrades the most annoying quest line ever. Like, it's, yeah. Have you have you seen it yet for, for the great fairies? Yes, I've discovered like three fairies, and honestly, I haven't really looked at guides or anything, so I still have no clue as to how to get you know people to come and play music for them, or if I'm supposed to do that myself. Mm-hmm. I'll probably end up looking it up at some point because I really do want those armor upgrades, but I wish it was just pay rupees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, you should do it sooner than later because right now it's yeah. just really freaking annoying. Um, and as long as you unlock one, you just go to one and kind of do it. But if you unlock all of them, then like the progression of the uh, armor upgrades is higher. It's so, like if you unlock only nice. one, you can only get to a certain defense level. But you have two unlocked, then it gives you a higher defense level. So you, ha- you have to do the, all of them to get full upgrades or whatever. But it, w- it was funny because like one of the first music quest things like there's like a the one of the stables has somebody there that can give you a little like pushed you to the quest line and it's one of the earlier stables that you go to um there's like this little mario looking guy with a baton and there's like a violent or viola violin player or whatever and like playing something then you talk to them and they'll 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 teach you how to unlock all of the 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 guys or whatever nice but one of one of the they're like called the traveling musicians or whatever and this is kind of a light spoiler for the this uh this quest line and if you don't want to hear it skip it i guess but um i was literally just wandering around and there i heard like a french horn playing i'm like what <laughs> and then i drop into this little hole and there's this little guy and he's you know holding the french horn and he's just playing playing the french horn <laughs> and it sounds good too it's like this like little i don't know if it's like a midi sound or whatever but he's like playing this little horn solo just I don't think it's not a real horn solo. It's just random horn notes or whatever, and like a little contour of a musical line. Um, but he's like stuck in this little thing, and he's like, "I can't get out, and I want to bring my cart. And I don't know what to do." And he just tells Link that, as if like Link's like, "I'm going to help you," but he doesn't ask him <laughs> for help. He just sits there and plays his horn in this little, <laughs> in the little hole or whatever. So you have to figure a way to help him out or whatever, and that's fun. And then that that progresses the the quest line for the the great fairies or whatever. But that was like a cool little experience I had with a little French horn. I was like, no, they never add French horn to a game like that. That was weird. <laughs> but yeah, do the great, the great fairy fountains or whatever. Yep. I'll um, have to get on it. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of uh, this game compared to Breath of the Wild, I know we touched it a little bit, but the, like, just the amount to do is incredibly insane compared to Breath of the Wild. Um, but I think even more so than that, uh, what's even crazier about this game is I know people were talking about like this was going to be like a $70 DLC pack or whatever, right? Um, but it doesn't really feel like that. Like it does feel like a part two of a game. And and pe- video games don't do that anymore as often, like do a direct sequel, you know, mm-hmm. like they did back in the PS2 era. Like this is Ratchet and Clank 2 or whatever. You know, this is literally Breath of the Wild 2 but they overhauled the world, the game mechanics, the characters, the story, the the amount to do like this game truly feels like 
a whole different game, even though it takes place in the same world. Because you go to the, some of the landmarks, I'm like, I don't even recognize half of this stuff from the first game. Like, they, they look so different compared to what they did in Breath of the Wild, which I think is pretty incredible for what they did, you know? Oh, 100%. Uh, the only other game I can remember in, like, recent memory that did, like, a sequel, like, a number two, was Super Mario Galaxy 2, and it yeah. also knocked it out of the park. Uh, but you know, we were talking a little bit about the trailers for this game and I didn't have super high expectations cause it looked like they could just kind of like copy pasted a lot of stuff. And I think maybe people were worried about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also that big $70 price tag, but after playing it, I mean, it was worth the money. <laughs> That's something sure. that it's funny cause Kaylin, Kaylin watches me play a lot and she's even played a little bit. Uh, she'll just exclaim sometimes after like something incredible happens or after like a really fun quest line is finished. She's like, you know, this is a $70 game. Like this was worth the money. And I'm like, you know Dang. what? You're right. <laughs> Uh, and you, you, you did mention too, how the world looks so different. Yeah. I mean, I, I scoured not as much as you did cause you got all the Koroks and you hundred percent of the game, but I did scour the breath of the wild map and I knew it pretty well, but I found myself getting lost all the time and I would come upon locations that look completely brand new. And I feel like some locations probably were completely overhauled. Yeah. Uh, and there's new ones entirely like Terrytown. I don't believe that was in, uh, breath of the wild. It's like a whole new place to go explore. And even like Hateno Village, which is basically the same layout as it was in Breath of the Wild. There's mm-hmm. like a whole new quest line there. There's new people to meet. Uh, the whole vibe of the place has changed. So all the updates, you can tell they they really did put a lot of work in whenever they made this game. Yeah. And uh, it's worth the money. Yeah. Well, the Terrytown one is a quest line in the first game. So like if you go to that place, there's nothing there. And there's a guy and he's like, you have to help him like travel um and you end up getting people from all around hyrule to build this town and then so you build the town in the first game and then 10 years have passed and so you the terry town that you see there is the one that you helped build in the first game but like oh, that's cool but well, with more infrastructure it's, it's funny that they ended up building it because i never helped them so <laughs> <laughs> uh which is weird i wish i wish they did some crazy stuff where like if you did all the side quests in the first game then more or less things would be in this game you know uh-huh. and if yeah, and if you awesome and it, but if you didn't do them in the first game you could like basically backtrack a little bit and do them in this new game and it would have a different kind of scenario or something or like it give you incentive to go back to play the old game do the quest line like play the new game and then it's all complete you know <laughs> mm-hmm. that'd be kind of crazy and it's kind of meta but the game does that sort of but the only thing that they chose to do that with is the horses i don't know if you noticed that yes so yes. like i went to the stable and i was like Oh my gosh, it's my one little horse that I had from the first game. <laughs> the one horse that I had. Um, and it was in the game. So that was really cool uh, that I got to keep my horse in the first game. And I kind of wish now that I got more horses or got more rare horses or whatever. And they would already been in my yes, stable. I was, I was very happy to see my horse, big boy, there in the stable. He was like, you know, the top dog big horse, boy. the alpha horse that you get. Yeah, <laughs> I named him big boy. And uh, since I was so weak in the beginning... This was like maybe, I don't know, five hours in when I still had three hearts and no weapons. I would just use him because he's such a powerful horse to like steamroll enemies because if he runs into them, he'll basically just one shot them. So he 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 helped me a lot in the beginning. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of cool, right? Um, I had a cool like, oh, cool moment at that point. But I, I'm kind of mad. That's like the only thing that they've brought over from the old. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I know, anyway. Um, it would be cool if you could like, cause Link can technically have a house in the first game. Um, and you can like put stuff in it. And so when Which you go I to, didn't know. when you go to the house now, it's like Zelda's home or whatever, Nintendo village. Um, mm-hmm. and so like all your stuff is not there, which makes you kind of mad. I mean, it'd be cool if like all the stuff from your house was still there. You could just take it. 
Um, that would've been really cool. But there is a new house system in this game, and it's apparently it's more in depth. But I haven't haven't got to it yet. Um, but yeah, man, this game is pretty pretty insane. Um, and like I said a little bit earlier, like people that I haven't seen play games that often, or like you know maybe buy a game like every five six months you know every year um are buying this game or picking this game to be the game that they buy for like the to spend time with like for the summer or whatever like teachers that uh like will post online like i'm gonna play zelda this summer or something like that um and this this is like their game uh so i think it's pretty cool like the game is transcending the the mat or the like like past gamers and past like people who just like like nintendo games it's going further than that i think it's pretty awesome yeah, for a non-free-to-play game, you know, to have this much content where you could potentially sink hundreds and hundreds of hours into it and still not finish everything, mm-hmm. I mean, it's great. I mean, you talk about teachers buying a game for the summer. This could literally last you an entire summer, mm-hmm. I feel. If you took it if you took it relatively slow or even if you took it somewhat fast-paced, uh, there's just so much content here, and I really yeah. appreciate that. Like, it's, I, I, and me playing other games, and I'm st- I still I play games, like, all the time, dude. And this is going to take me a while, like, Breath of the Wild took me like three weeks, like to to mm-hmm. do all my finish finish up stuff. That's like after I already had beat the game and done a lot of the quests anyway. Um, so this this will take me a long time, and I don't see myself beating it with even within the rest of this year. I'll probably like come in and out of it a little bit, and then take a little time off, and then just grind it out when I'm just like into in a Zelda mood again, like I did last time. Yep, yep. That's that's what I did with Breath of the Wild, and I could definitely yeah. see myself doing that. Maybe you know once or even twice with this game along yeah. the along the road um yeah man this thing sold i have here uh 10 million copies the first three days making it the fastest selling zelda game my yeah. god yeah. for the huge huge price tag of 70 dollars nintendo's yes. making bank yes um but i did like a, a kind of a stupid thing um well i don't think it was that dumb i think it was smart so nintendo has the, the little tickets like game game tickets or something like that uh-huh, uh-huh. It's, <laughs> i bought i i bought the nine 99.95 ticket and it gives me yep. two tickets to buy two games i got splatoon 3 and i got zelda <laughs> for 50 bucks <laughs> so i saved like 30 bucks or whatever um technically even though i spent 100 if, I was, if you were gonna just buy one game then i guess get the zelda game but a yeah, hundred dollars it two, balances out uh but i i wanted to get splatoon anyway eventually and uh-huh. i i I um peer pressured my friends into doing the ticket thing and also getting Splatoon. So we you've seen it on the Discord when playing Splatoon, but <laughs> Yes, yes, indeed. Um so that's that's been fun. But that was that was kind of my way of getting out of the seventy dollar thing. And just <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you told me about that uh little workaround and I was thinking about it for a little bit, but then I was like, you know what, I really want a physical copy of this game. Like I feel like this game's gonna mean something to me and I just yeah. want to be able to hold it. So I, I went ahead and paid full price. <laughs> yeah. That was fair enough, man. Um like I got a physical copy of Gran Turismo Seven, ah, yeah, and a physical steering wheel too. Yeah, a physical steering wheel that cost me way too much money. <laughs> um, but it's all about the experience, man. I pay for experiences. I don't buy true, food. True. Food's for losers, man. <laughs> uh, food is just to fuel the experiences. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, if you haven't played Zelda, I mean, we didn't spoil much at all. This game is 
hours and hours. You can spend 600, 700 hours in this game probably and not even scratch the surface. Okay, you probably could at that point. But uh, <laughs> uh, this game has You're a lot. You're in there, but not, not all the way down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you could do all the Koroks of all Hyrule, and that would probably take you 100 hours by itself. And that's not even the ones in the Skyland or the depths. Mm-hmm. It could take you a while because apparently there's a thousand, a thousand Korok seeds now. Yeah, I heard that, and I was like, "Man, Alaka, he's gonna have a tough time this go around." <laughs> and it's only one hundred more than last time. <laughs> so, a daunting amount. They should have just given you all the stuff they had last time. Like, if you found most of them, like they should have just carried over from the last game. That's what they should have. <laughs> they should have done. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's a good place to end it, Zach. What do you think? I would agree. All right, everybody, go pick up The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom out now only on Nintendo Switch. This is not sponsored. (laughs) Uh, With that, Zach, I will see you next time. Sounds good. See y'all.